selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to do we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify's the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash audioboom, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash audioboom now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash audioboom. The Team Never Quit podcast is sponsored by Navy Federal Credit Union. Make a plan to do away with high interest credit card debt by transferring your balance to a Navy Federal credit card. With a low intro APR and no balance transfer fees, you can pick the right card to help you save more. Check out NavyFederal.org for more information. All right, everybody, welcome back to the TNQ Podcast. I'm your host, Marcus Luttrell. Every week, it's my job to fire you up, to ignite the legend inside of you, and to push you to your greatness. Join me every week as I take you into my briefing room with some of the most hard-charging people on the planet. They're going to show you how to embrace the suck of life, teach you the values of working your ass off, and charge through whatever life throws at you. This is the Team Never Quit Podcast. Podcast. So buckle up, buttercup. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Team Never Quit Podcast. My name's Andrew, hanging out in the studio with Marcus and Morgan, and we're just doing this thing, doing this thing we it's always we do. do. It's what we do. Every single week. It's hard to do, but it's what we do. We got a Patreon question, because that's what we, we bring back those every single week. Our Patreon members get to ask a question. I think this one's perfect for the parents in the room. Parents. Parents. There's, right. there's, there's three of us, not including you. Yeah, not me. What made you such an intense and disciplined person growing up, and what are some of the things I can apply to my sons today to make them like you guys, solid young men? Consistency in, your, in, in how you raise your child. That was one thing that we got. If you'd messed up, you got your butt whooped. If you didn't, you got praised. It was, it was consistent. Is this applicable to me too? Oh, Absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. Come this, on, this come on yeah. it. Okay, okay. Um, mine, I have a son. He's 14. Uh, been through everything I've been through, uh, at least half of my life. Well, a third. But uh, I think being a good example, you know, having that like uh, little thing on your shoulder always telling you they're watching and like what you do is something that they're going to see as an option. So you kind of have to, you know, see what kind of seeds you plant as far as 
choices they're going to make because they are going to be just like you, likely. Very well said. I remember reading that in an article about you. You stated that one time that my boy's always looking at me, so I have to do the right thing. And it's it's because of that when um, when they say when the teacher's ready, the student will appear. And it's, it's kind of like when, when you have a, a kid, that's the next version of you, and you automatically become the teacher. And I would say, don't be afraid to teach your kid something. And a lot of times, like I would tell, like you have to make your bed in the morning, you have to take out the trash, you got to do this. And and some people, I kind of feel bad sometimes of like getting out of my way. To, I'm like, wait a minute, why would I even feel bad about asking him? I was like, yes, you're going to do that. And, and he's like, sometimes like, well, this is kind of a menial job. I'm like, well, if you can do this one well, I'll give you another one. And it's just, it's mm. just imagine you are training yourself to handle life after you leave it. Because that is the next version of you. So when you're kind of sitting back looking at that and seeing how you want them to handle life, it's a it's a perfect mechanism to train. It's it's literally your own avatar. You can train it to do anything you want. The more time <laughs> you spend with it, the better it turns out. The less time you spend with it, the, the worse it turns out kind of thing. All right. Yeah. GMAC, thanks for your question. Hey, if you guys want to ask questions to our guests, to our host, make sure you join us. Patreon.com slash team never quit we've got exclusive access extra merch we do live streams all kind of stuff that we do fun for our patreon members so make sure you guys check that out hey guys we've got a great guest in store today one of the pioneers of women's mma kat zingano was the first mom to ever compete in the ufc and the first woman to win a ufc fight by tko by knockout which is pretty incredible she's a single mom of a teenage son after having lost her husband to suicide in 2014 she's passionate advocate for physical and mental wellness and female empowerment Welcome to the show, Cat. Slash supermodel. Yeah. Slash super supermodel yeah. mom. <laughs> wow, thank you. Appreciate it. Hey, well, I got there's there's one of your I I, I saw it when I was perusing through the the thousands of photos of you. There's one I'm gonna I'm gonna send it to you, and I want you to autograph it for me. I want you to say to to my biggest, greatest, most wonderful, handsome fan, Morgan. <laughs> I'm gonna frame it hanging hanging on hanging on the bedroom wall. My wife AKA will love Big it. Daddy. <laughs> there you go. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> got you. I got you. All right. No, I can't wait to hear your story. I mean, to, to, to understand a little bit about the fight game and what that goes through and then uh, all, all the other things that come into a regular life. It's, it's, it's truly an amazing feat of what you pulled off and what you get done. So we're, we're looking forward to hearing it. You've actually separated yourself at an early age getting into combat sports. From what I understand, you started wrestling when you were at the age of 12, right? Is that right? Mm -hmm. So let's start there. Yeah. How'd all that, first of all, welcome to the show. If you want to introduce yourself and tell us how that all started. Um. So as a kid, like I just was super into sports. Like it was, um, I was a little bit shy and awkward and quiet. I, I'm kind of still shy and awkward and quiet, but like I make it work, you know, I got to hustle. Um, and like sports and being active and like moving my body and chasing a ball and like checking people doing it like it was it was uh kind of like how I felt I got to express myself like I got soccer I was the kid that was trying to slide tackle everybody and like take the ball like I wasn't you know hoping to get passed to I was like that was going to be my ball so does that and, come um, down in the family I mean how, 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 where does that come from <laughs> yeah I mean I think like the athlete side of my family was definitely there like uh, my brother and sister weren't so into athletics like they were more of like the academics but um and my dad was very athletic like he was very into sports very into football like wrestling all of the like dude stuff you know and um I think because I came out the kid that wanted to like be physical and do all of that like it was one of the ways that we could really connect was like me 
not only being in sports but kind of being like a brute out there and like it was I felt kind of I was a bit of a tomboy too so it just was kind of like my dad got his like boy girl fix out of out of one with uh me being the kind of competitor I was so it was like volleyball track swimming like I just wanted to do everything and and like I was there's a lot going on when I was a kid so I was kind of like stressed out and like feeling misguided at times and what really always brought me back was just like sports like being on a team like being part of a group where you're like necessary and like everyone's got their part and like you're noticed when you're not there and all that stuff that like made you almost part of a gang and um, being on teams was like a big thing to me. And uh, I moved up through different sports. I got pretty good at all of them, but there was always this like point where it was like, like what else is there? Like what other kind of sport do I wanna do? And um, I was going through a lot at like 12 years old, um, some normal kid shit, some like not normal kid shit, but um, I saw wrestling and I like, had been approached by one of the wrestling coaches because I was like getting in fights in school. I was fixing to ask you, did you I fight was, outside, you know, like school fights a lot or was that just your aggressiveness on the, on the, on the field? No, I was never really like, I didn't really start fights. Like, I didn't pick on people. I will say though, like when I had a bad day, you know, I was not always nice, but it was like not, I didn't like look for people to just pick on. Like I definitely had, uh, like I'd, I'd put a target on people that were being mean to other people. Yeah. And then it was kind of one of those things where it was like, okay, now you're going to hear from me. And it was, you know, I don't know. It was, it was a, aggressive and it was definitely the space I was in at the time with some of the things that I was going through. And, um, but I feel like people still knew I had like a good heart. Like it wasn't like I was just mean, you know, it was because I, I was, I was, I was going through shit. Oh, you know? there's a huge and, difference. Um, that, yeah, that's a huge difference between somebody who takes advantage of what they're capable of and then those who are, you know, they're genuinely a great person, but they will beat your ass if you get out of line. Th those are <laughs> those are down here. So uh, Yeah, which I think is like, you know, I feel like it's a, a way, a different way of people approaching things because I feel like bullies are kind of going through their own shit too, but they take it out differently. Like they, they want to be like mean and an asshole and they want to like like crush people and dominate people and make people feel like how they feel but sure. in like a like a nasty manipulative way you know and and even that it comes from somewhere you know what i mean so it's like it's not it's definitely not something uh like good right like i i i or but at the same time like i said i wasn't like going after people. I was just kind of the enforcer when I did see shit was happening. And, um, one of the school, uh, like, did you guys in LM or middle school have like a, it's like a bouncer of the cafeteria, like a, like an adult that would walk around and just make sure all the kids are doing good and like clean up their spot and like piss stuff away. Our principals. Yeah. Pretty, well, I mean, yeah. about that. We kind of yeah. had a problem with that. You just kind of, that was an understood thing, but yeah, we have though. Yeah. The monitors. Right. Lunch monitor. Yeah, monitor. There you go. Yeah, so one of the monitors at my middle school was the um wrestling coach. And he was he also he's just a great man. Like his name was John Zadigan, and he used to play for the Dolphins. He's like this huge giant teddy bear, and like he was awesome. And he saw me fighting, like he saw me still being a good kid, but like happening to always end up in these tussles. And like he was like, You should go out for wrestling. And I was like, What? Like 
there's no girls there. I was like, gonna say, was there mean? a girls like, team? Was there a girls team? No, she- no. Okay. And this was right in the middle of Title IX too, so it was not like like people were not so excited about having to do the like equal sports for boys and girls. So like you could get either side depending on like who you were talking to, which it was just so new at the time. People, it was just like weird, you know? So where were you living? When all, to, when, were you up North in Minnesota still when this was going down or did you? No, this was Boulder, Colorado. Okay. Yeah. So in wrestling so, huge um, up there too. So I'm assuming it was even more challenging for you to, to break that. Well, barrier. Yeah. Yeah. It was very competitive. There was a lot of people doing it. And, um, so he told me to just come to a practice and I did, I went up there and it was like this room above the cafeteria It's so hot and crazy. And I walked in and I watched what they were doing. And I was just like, I, I, that's awesome. Like that person just took that person off their feet onto their ass and held them down for long enough for someone to smack a mat and you won. And I was just like, that, like, that looks cool to know how to do that and um so the how, next how old were you now this was 12 like 11 i think 11 12 11 is i think when i like saw it and 12 was when i was like i'm doing this and it's a thing it's a feeling like when you see it, you get excited enough to yeah. some people see that kind of life and, and it backs them up and then some people see it and like oh i need to be in that yeah yes yeah i needed to know like i wanted to know how that happened and what was the difference between that person and that person and was it physical was it mindset was it like what was it and um the next step was to have me go watch one of the high school dual meets so it was the um you know these guys going against each other and uh same thing but this is live you know so one's taking the other one to his ass the other one moves and gets out the other one's on his back the other one you know and it was just like like, I have to know this, like, and in my head, I had all these ideas of like how it's done. I'm like, you can, you know, grab a foot and push. And what if you just flying squirrel at them and blah, blah, blah. And like, none of that. Now that I know how to fight, like, <laughs> right, right, yeah, yeah, or, exactly. but in my head, like, that's easy. There's no problem. So <clears throat> I went back to the middle school. I ended up um, getting talked into it by that coach. And he's like such a good man. And he's like very awesome about it kind of like let me go and put me with the right partners and I pinned my first guy and I just was hooked I was like this is I have to know how to do this I need to know how to do more and like I need to know how to do more if people are trying to like really get me and if they're better than me and if they are stronger and they're whatever and I just like I just wanted to know and it was really it felt complicated because I remember people looking at me and thinking it was so weird that I wanted to do and like you'd even catch shit from like the other boys' parents or other kids on the team that were just like they just didn't want you there. And like some people would outright say it, and some people would just try to beat my ass. And I like the people that tried to beat my ass. I didn't know that that was what was happening. Like I thought that I just sucked, and like I just needed to do more reps, and I just needed to get back, and I needed to like whatever. So those people actually made me better without knowing they're making me better. Like they wanted me to quit, but it just made me come back like ready to work harder right? because I thought it was me, not them, you know? That's how you know you're a Um, fighter. That's what a fighter is. That's how you build that confidence if you, if if you didn't go in any other way. And that's that mindset when you don't even know what's happening. I I have a daughter, so I'm so curious as to How much alpha should you throw on over in front of them, and how much you should hold back? And you're, and you're I'm sure you're, and your family is behind us 100%, huh? Dad was supportive. At the time, yeah. So uh, middle school, I think they were like, oh, this is cute. Like, this will be this thing she wants to do. And, like, she's 
she she could use the like toughness and like they knew I was into sports I mean I was the kid that was always on top of houses climbing trees like playing with some stranger's dog you know I was just active and out doing stuff so it just seemed to them like this other new like little adventure that I was on but so I, I did middle school wrestling so you know 11 12 13 and then it's time to go to high school and my parents were like sure that I was just sticking to swimming and dance for high school like and when wrestling season came around and I was like oh all right well it's time to do wrestling season and they're like high school is different like it's not the same high school is like big serious boys like they're older than you they're and I was like oh like that doesn't matter like I'm, I still want to do it I still want to know and it was a struggle in my house at first my dad was kind of like he like he liked it he liked it because I was going out and beating people and I think that made him feel happy to be that that girl's dad you know um and but my mom was so scared I was going to get hurt eventually she was supportive of it because it was going to be what made me happy because I didn't I didn't identify with any of those sports as much anymore as I had with wrestling. Like when I found wrestling and like the, hum- like the humbleness you had to have in it, like the, some days you're the hammer, some days you're the nail, like all of sure, that. It was yeah, so yeah. perfect to me. Like I, I liked the discipline of it. Like I liked the consequences of it, you know? And oh, it's um, pure. So I mean, it's the purest form right there when you're doing that. Yeah. And it's your will versus their will. Like they really, like you, you really have to figure out who wants it more. And for me, it was different because I was a girl. I wasn't built the same, like at the younger ages. Yeah. We're all kind of going through the same part of puberty, but you get into high school and these are like dudes and I'm (laughs) still like, well, it's the worst part of our, it's the worst part of our dude ship. (laughs) Cause that's what y'all go come through before we do. That's why y'all can whip our asses when we're younger. (laughs) And then when we're going through that smell stage, because remember, did that? you ever get a chance? Did you ever get a chance to wrestle? Any other schools have girls, or you just you had to you had to fight the guys? Selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing. However, you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to do we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify's the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash audioboom, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash audioboom now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash audioboom. 
We are actuaries. In a world filled with unpredictability, we use our math skills to navigate uncertainty. Actuaries make a difference in people's lives across industries and the world. Actuaries have the freedom to work anywhere. And according to U.S. News and World Report, we're the 25th top-paying career. Make an impact as a fact-seeker and a truth-teller. Use your math skills for good as an actuary. The world needs you. Um, it was only the guys. And then uh, every once in a while, like if a team had another girl on it or something like that, they would have this like exhibition match. So sometimes it was against me against like a 200 pound girl. Like sometimes it was me against like a 105 pound girl, like just to also have that match be there for like, kind of almost like an entertainment well, yeah. value. But you like, had to be an you anomaly, know, right? There was not that many, probably wasn't that many girls in comp, uh, competing. No. Well, and like some of the girls would only go against girls, but for me, I wanted to go against everyone. Were there so other, were there other have schools like my, that were like, hey, I got, you know, got, we don't wrestle girls. Did you run into that? Uh, or were they were like, oh yeah, if you want to get on the mat with them, by all means. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, so I think because again, because of title nine, like I, I was able to be there and that was its own like crappy feeling because it was like I know you have to let me here and I don't want to have to I don't want to feel like you have to let me like let me show you right like I can fucking do this you know <laughs> and I'll earn it like I'll, I'll I'll learn I'll drill I'll get back up like I'll suck I'll be great like all of that just like let me show you and eventually everyone on my team was like great and on board but at first it was this weird like elephant in the room that I even wanted to be there um, but I was winning matches, like I was winning matches for the school. And so at a certain point, it's like, all right, like she's, she's what was that like walking down the hallway serious. when you were in high school? Um, well, and at that point, I mean, I was still kind of going through some stuff. So it was like, but it was weird. I, I feel like I had this like, um, respect from people that like, Sure you did. They didn't want to get tuned yeah. up by you. I, was like, <laughs> I mean, that is I back in the day when a that's girl, where the res- that's what respect is. There was a few girls in our school that could oh, throw their hands real well. Up, man, we like, grew up. They were, did you not even, fuck even the with guys them. didn't even mess with. I them. mean, it was like especially when they, they got pissed, pissed off, off, walking down the hallway. Oh, like, oh, dude, our girls are badass, is. dude. <laughs> I mean, straight and up. And then after a certain point, I had like thirty brothers that had my back too. You know, exactly. Yeah, that's the thing. Is it, then it becomes once you once you do your, that yeah you, you I bet your first hard. boyfriend was sweating nails when he was oh, like oh, I know you had to be the first one to do that oh I only at that I mean I could only date a wrestler of course like there's no yeah not oh, sure. anyway, too, yeah. Right? some other guys are <laughs> gonna step into that realm and then the then if he did then your buddies your teammates would be like who's this joke uh, yeah I guess the chess, yeah. chess team probably like, we, step I have up to too wrestle well. with her all day pal you you know what I mean no way yeah. no one would step that that's kind of like a hardship y'all put on yourselves for stepping into that realm. There's so much stuff that steps into that. It's amazing that y'all put. It is truly. Now that we're through it and we're looking back on it, I mean, girl, I can't even when they when you start like, oh, I had this title now. I'm like, dude, that's so many things that we didn't have to deal with. It was just the hardship and the competition mm-hmm. between each other, which we make it twice as hard as any rule you could put on us. But then mm-hmm. it equals out with with everybody kind of has their own gauntlet they have to jump through just to get to the point to where you can play, where we can play with each other, and you and you have your mm-hmm. respect. So good right. on you, man. I'm I'm sorry. I don't even remember what we're talking about. I was just that <laughs> dude, I had to be hard, right? I, dude, that had to be yeah, awesome. yeah, were, Wrestling in high only, school. Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead, sweet. 
I was thinking the only I think the only way guys got out of wrestling me was if it was like a religious reason, like they just couldn't their parents were just like, No, he can't put his hands on a girl like oh, that, well, which yeah. I understood and respect. Like any anyone's position on it, I understood that it was weird and it was different and whatever, but I like I still knew I had a lot to offer in a match, which I'm sure sucked to lose to me. But they still lost to a good wrestler. It wasn't just that they lost to a girl, but very hard to see for some people. So, like, they all got to process it on their own. And the only way that people really didn't wrestle me is if it was some kind of religious thing. But to lose to me, I did see a lot of, like, shitty behavior towards the guy that would lose. But, you well, know, that's how you, that's how you humble. Family. That's how you get that humble or pie. Or not his family. That, yeah. that, that's humbleness. From it- <laughs> when someone taps you, I've had my ass whipped like that. It's terrible. You know, well, I mean, she means it. like from the parents and stuff. We're giving the or not the parents, but mostly like the team, like the oh, team. The other team. Like oh, 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 yeah, hell yeah, But it was like my style had to be so unique because it was like I wasn't going to be stronger than them. Like, if anything, I was going to have speed and I was going to have my center of gravity different because I'm I'm hip heavy versus shoulder heavy, like a guy, and then we have flexibility. So, like, if they hadn't wrestled another girl before like wrestling me was a very quick learning experience like they had to figure out what do you do with someone that's like moves like this because nobody I had to learn how to move differently because of the the fact that they had um assets to their game that I didn't and I had assets to my game that they didn't so it became more of a like leverage point like how can I use what I have to beat what they have you know in that chess game and well, I mean, I mean looking I back, anybody, back to, I would say anybody that you got a hold of back then and beat and, and beat their ass, and they're probably looking at it like, yeah, because I would honestly tell anybody, and I was like, oh yeah, cat beat my ass when I was in high school it was amazing. <laughs> I have got so now she's a world champion. Oh, I brag about it now. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Ah, that, she beat my ass. Yeah, yeah. I wrestled her all the time. She went my ass every time. That is an absolute thing. <laughs> When you're that at younger age, when you're going at it, in our mindset, we take it to the end. Like if this was a fight and we had to go all the way, then you're you're. It doesn't matter what and who or where you're from, man. This is a, you're in a, in a tangle of something, and the, and the people, the true spirit of the game, those true competitors in the game, understand that part. And it doesn't mm-hmm. matter. I mean, if uh, uh, when it when you're on that mat, it's on. Okay, it's mm-hmm. on, right? If you're if you go in there thinking that oh this is so and so or she's this that and the other, then you've automatically put yourself at a disadvantage. Yeah. And then they have, you have to make up for it in, in some other way, as opposed to just showing respect when you walk in. Did you, um, I see the, I see your accomplishments in college, four time champ. Did you win any championships while you're in high school or did that, did you kind of. No, those were high school. So I had, uh, I had, uh, two national titles in high school. I was two time all American, <laughs> um, college, <laughs> was a little more tricky because I ended up blowing my knee right before college. Like I was able to go in and wrestle and like go on the trips and do the things, but I don't know. Like I had a really, really hard time, which actually translates over into my MMA career. Um, So my senior year in high school, my best friend, she got murdered and it was, we were so close. We were so close since we were eight years old and she was at all my wrestling tournaments. She was just kind of my hype man. And like, she didn't wrestle or anything, but she was just like one of the guys and around with everything. And she, I I didn't realize at the time, but I was like, like I I got depressed afterwards. And what was normal to me, like what was my like pattern every day was to still go wrestle and to still go train. And then when I blew my knee, it was just kind of like, 
I, I didn't blow my knee. I got a staph infection and then that staph infection didn't leave my body for forever. And it went to my other knee and I had five surgeries and one and like two surgeries and another. Damn. So when I got back to wrestling and my goal was the Olympics in 2004, like just so much had happened that by the time I got to the trials, like by the time I was like at that place, the place that I had been literally chasing since I started, like they said that women's wrestling was going to be allowed in 2004. And that day, the day that they said that that was going to happen, I was going to the Olympics. Like there was nothing going to stop me. You know, I was, that was the goal. That was why I started. That was why I was going to finish and how I was going to finish and everything. And, um, just all this stuff happened and I got super depressed and I, I didn't realize that I was as depressed as I was, but I, I, you know, didn't complete wrestling the way that I wanted to. Like, I just didn't care. You know, I, I, 2004 came and went and I, I didn't even go to the trials. And, um, so that led me into feeling really crappy afterwards. Like, um, some of the coping mechanisms I had for, I mean, cause that's a, like a, a loss too, when you have that goal, right. And you have that thing you're looking forward to forever. And it just like, it gets there and it doesn't mean to you what it went meant, what once meant to you. It's like, it's just so defeating. And there was, you know, so 2004, I didn't go to the Olympics, 2005, <clears throat> my mom passed away of brain cancer. In 2006, I ended up having my son. And in 2006, I'm realizing like, I, like, I need something to do. Like I have this little boy. I want to give him a good life. Like I always thought I was going to have my mom. I always thought I was going to have my best friend. Like here I am like this tomboy with a baby and I'm like hoping my mom instincts kick in, which they did, you know, which I'm really happy about. Uh, right. But um I I had to figure all of that out. And I was going to school, I was going to work. Um I was really sad that I hadn't completed my wrestling mission and I you know I realized I needed something like I needed just like I did as a kid I needed to do a sport I needed to like sweat it out every day I needed to like like ugh, like a challenge right every morning when you wake you know? up yeah a challenge and uh, that hole you gotta fill challenge and objective like something to focus on and, and like like as much as you want to make that your kids like your kids are challenging sometimes and they're not like it, like you, you need to do your own thing. You need to have your outlet in order to be the best parent you can be for your kids. Sometimes like they, they can't be everything. And like, we all got to like preface it with like, Oh my God, we love our kids and our kids are everything. Like, obviously, of course. Right. But like, we still have to do something that is our outlet, our thing. And I didn't have that. I just had things I, I had to do. I didn't have anything that I like, like did for me. So I, had my son, I was like having a, you know, tough time, obviously losing my mom, losing my friend. Um, and I, I thought I'd be a better mom. I'd be less stressed out if I found something to do. So I was doing like jazzercise classes. I was doing like trying to get on a treadmill. Like I can't do that shit. You know, I have to like chase a ball. I have to get after someone. I have to like touch, like I have to do something. So I went and found jujitsu. Um, started doing jujitsu and that was like close enough to wrestling while still not being wrestling that it was like the right fit for me because back in those did, days it was still a difference like wrestlers didn't yeah. you, did, you didn't go into mma like and then the mma guys like i'm not a wrestler th those two didn't run together yet they, they were no. separate remember back yeah. when this first thing started, two, you said this cat you said this is two, around 2004 2005 ish um 
so I had my son 2006, six, so like the oh, end seven, of 2006. Right, yeah. Oh, six, oh, seven. Okay. Crazy. I think my first fight was 2007. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right, keep going. I'm, I'm, I'm hanging on every word here. Okay. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully you're tracking. Hopefully you're tracking. Um, yeah, so I, I found jujitsu. Felt like it was good for my health, good for me to be a better parent and to be a more focused parent, you know. And um, I was going to school, but once I started doing jujitsu competitions, and uh, eventually, like asked and asked and asked if I could do MMA, it, it felt like this second chance at what I walked away from in wrestling. You know, like I was, and I was king because nobody knew how to wrestle. You know, and I was like, man, if if I can just shoot, they won't ever hit me. And I mean, I, I had to learn how to get hit, but it was like not my favorite thing. Like some people need to get hit to turn on and like blah, blah, blah. And I was like, you're not fucking hitting me. And um, it, it was it was amazing. It was amazing to go into jujitsu and have like this top pressure and these takedowns and these throws. And like, um, they just, there wasn't very many girls doing it. It was kind of like literally like another first generation of a sport that I was doing, you know? And, um, I went and I won worlds there right away. I, and, and about six months in, I had seen MMA and I was like, what is that? So they get to hit each other and choke each other while they're wrestling. Like those were all against the rules when I was a kid wrestling. Like you don't get a, you get penalized for that. And here that was like, you, like you can knock someone out and the fight's over. You can choke someone out and the fight's over, like grab a limb, you know, do whatever. And, and, and I wanted to do it. And so I had taken a couple fights. I hated them, but I loved them. And, uh, it made what does me that mean? not, com- so, that? what does that mean? You hated, hated them, but, them, but you I loved them. Like, yeah. It was, so hard it was like it was hard again you know and it was having to prove everything again and it was having to like um like earn belonging there again and i like loved it but at the same time like it it was like exhausting were you fighting guys or girls um there was no girls it was the same thing so you're fighting guys again girls yeah yeah. <laughs> oh, you're a bad you know and, and hard to get everyone to take you seriously but and but with time of course you know everyone's like now you're you're a family and now everyone's like oh no 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 you're you're here you're legit it's it's like it's it's real you know but having to build up and work through that and earn that again like that shit's like it's kind of hard uh it's exhausting but like to get there and to arrive is everything so how'd you focus so, your um, mind on that? Just focus on the training or to, to push past that? Cause that can eat you up. Um, I mean, you're a pioneer in the sport. You're before women had a, had their own place. So you had to come in here and fight us to earn the, everyone else's spot to come in and do that. Right. I mean, you had well, to, I just, I, I needed to know what was on the other side of it. You know, it was the same thing with wrestling. It's like, I want to know this. Like, I want to know, especially once I got like a couple moves in jujitsu, I was like, that was my goal with MMA was if, if I can pull off an arm bar, if I can take someone's back, if I can like do all of this while they're trying to get me, you know, if someone's trying to attack me, like, do I have this? And like, can I actually do it in that moment in that time? And the only way to know is literally get have somebody sicked on you yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. and, and seeing if you could pull it off. And I, and I could, and then I wanted to see, I wanted to go learn more stuff and then go try it again and then learn more stuff and go try it again. And like, obviously the opponents get tougher. Obviously the like 
you know, venues get bigger and you move up and there's more expectation of you. But like, I, I liked the pressure and I liked having to know and wanting to know what, what I could pull off in those like moments, moments, like what did I have, you know? And, uh, yeah, it went to, um, and then there was this other piece of me too, that was like, man, I like wrestling doesn't feel like it was for nothing now. You know, like I have this tool, this, this, this thing I've been working on since I was 11 years old that I now get to bring into this, that people will never be able to catch up with me on because if they didn't start doing this at 11 too, like I'll always be able to get the throw. I'll always be able to get the takedown. Like I'll always be able to do whatever. And like, that gives me this awesome advantage while I'm learning how to box and while I'm learning how to do kicks and throw and you know, whatever else that you need to be successful in MMA. Like I have this tool in my back pocket where if I get in trouble, I'll just wrestle, you know, and that, it's a baseline that felt. Yeah. And that felt like all of that was worth it. It was like, man, like I didn't just go and not, not complete wrestling. I didn't go fail. That was part of bringing into what I am now, you know? And like I, and, but also gave me this motivation where it's like, I don't want when the going gets tough in this sport or when everything is against me or when I'm fucking sucking or, and all of that for me to ever forget how much it sucks to regret that I didn't finish wrestling the way that I wanted. I don't ever want to look at a second sport that is almost literally the exact same thing. Like even some of the hard shit, like I, I quit when my best friend died. I quit when I was feeling so down and low, like when a few years ago, when all of that stuff happened with my husband, it was the same thing where it was like, God, this feels the exact same. And I can't regret not following through. I can't regret not finishing this because that regret felt like shit. And it still does. I, I didn't complete what I had set out to. I get a second chance at all of that. And so here I am still fighting, still grinding, you know, way more responsibilities on my ass, but I like, I want to follow through. Like I want to finish this in a way I can be proud of. I want to walk away from it. Like having checked all the boxes, having done all the things, having hit all the moves, all the stuff that I want, all the things that I loved about it. Like, I want to see that through. I don't want to let the hard times and the bad times dictate what I do with my goals and what I do with the things that have made me happy and given me purpose, if that makes sense. Selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to do we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. 
Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash audioboom, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash audioboom now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash audioboom. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It does, and I hope this, this makes sense to you. Sometimes you got to hear from guys like us. All right. You never quit anything. That drive that's inside of you is designed for a reason and it pushes you through everything that you do. And even in those hard times, you have joy. And it's the fact that you wouldn't ever quit and stop going back when you're saying, I didn't finish something. You didn't quit it. God has a way of moving you onto something, even though you think you're, you're like, I'm supposed to be doing this right here. Like, no, no, no. Because we, we don't know that. We're so you know, into what we're doing that we literally have to be shifted by life to move to the next phase in order to climb that ladder. And it bothers us because we look back and like, I'm pretty sure I didn't finish that part. Like, nope, you got exactly where you needed to be and it was time to move. And it's usually when you don't want to. And because they throw us into those situations that we necessarily don't feel that we're ready for, keeps our fight spirit. And as you push through that, it, it, I mean, it's just like, I don't have time to worry about not finishing that one. Man, I got, I'm already up on this one. And we keep going. Up until the point to where you're here, we're, we're talking about a career that, 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 that everyone, we're, we're enamored with. I know, I can't even believe it. And, and the fact that you had to pioneer yourself through all of that, and you, you keep... All that adversity. I know, every, every time you, you, sell, you say something, and Mojo and I are like, oh my God. And then you're like, you know, and then this and the other. Stop doing that. I'm at, just imagine. Yeah, stop doing that. Just, just imagine if you'd have kept wrestling. What if you'd have got burned out? You'd have wrestled for yeah. so long, you'd have got burned out, and you would not be there. Would you wouldn't be who you are right now? There has to be a shift, and it's a it's a plan. Yeah, it is. Before you come down here, imagine you wrote it out, and it, it, and, and you came down, and we're now we're living it out. It wouldn't all be the, it'd be the hard times for for us. That's how we know we're learning. As soon as our bodies start getting smashed, it's like putting, it's like stamping whatever it is we trained into into us, so it won't ever leave. Being, a, you know, going through and raising a kid and doing and being a, in the fight game and all that stuff like that. I mean, it's we easy just, to we, get uh, overwhelmed honestly, we by ad, it. But. We we just ad, admire everything that yeah. you've gone, and we don't know the whole story. I've heard you mention that you've been you went through a lot of things that that nobody probably knows about, but. Um, you know that's warriors are warriors. That's, that's life. Gauntlets there, are gauntlets. There's never a finish line. No, no, ever. No, no, huh? You'll never check mm. all those boxes. Imagine you had ever. to go through that test because no one else could. Could you imagine how boring it would be if you checked all the boxes? Yeah, it'd be terrible. You'd be sitting there hosting a podcast with <laughs> yeah, us, right? Yeah, with us. <laughs> or you'd want to go back through it, and then it would be boring because you try uh, to redo it. 
And it's that it's that unknown, the anticipation of whether or not when you walk in there, whether how this is going to go down, and that's what that's what our drive is. And, and you can't ever lose that. That's, I mean, that's honestly, a gift. You, you, your story and because you've the, the things that you've experienced with the loss of your best friend, the, and then the loss of your mom, and then the loss of your husband. I mean, a human being sh- honestly shouldn't. Most human beings don't ever have to go through that. None of us should. But it, it's almost something that, that that has made you so much stronger, even though you don't. It's funny. I wish you could see you the way that Marcus yeah, now sees you. Because somebody has to be that pillar of the alpha, the representation of what, what you can take. Some, somebody has to do that. And the only way to get to that point is to actually take all of it. Not just say I could do it. Just You had to go through it first. So now that when you turned around and everyone's looking at you, you're like, okay, that's, what that's, set. that's a standard set right there. Let's push. Let's go. You don't know you're doing it when you're going through it because if they told you that, you wouldn't do it. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? So I, it, it's kind of what it is. They remove that from you. It's like the, the Lord takes that, that away from you. And then as we're going through it and getting smashed and, and you're beaten into pulp, and, and then you get through one and they throw you in another gauntlet, you're like, good Lord, I mean, how's this, how, how, long, how much can I take? And that's when the, your buddies come in. So if you could see what we see, I mean, head up always. I mean, that's, it's amazing. Not that it's down. All right, so we, <laughs> what was it like fighting in Brazil for the first time? Um, I went down there for uh... – for jiu-jitsu for the first time so that was um like the brazilian national championships and i won the tournament and i was so excited it was so fun um it it was very weird because when you're a foreigner there um i think you've probably seen it in like the ufc fights they chant um you're gonna die yeah, yeah. Uh, i don't remember i think and they like chant it and it's like you know it's just a chant but it's so dark <laughs> you know, it's oh, like, no, they're great over there man they can get into your head quick yeah you're like do i want to win i think i want to win but how bad do i want to win you know <laughs> how so was it after it was cool I mean, to they, go down they, after you won after you won the tournament was it a different mentality for them or they yeah, seem pretty cool. humble I mean, with they just, you, you just walk around like normal is normal but you know at the time it's such an emotional moment because you're in the finals of a match against someone that's local and you're, you know, trying to win. You're trying to win. I'm trying to get that medal and enjoy the rest of my vacation. And I'm getting told I'm going to die. <laughs> so I, well, they tell you, yeah, I was supposed to tell you, that's, that's motivation. Not yelling, motivating. <laughs> I, my question, I ask every fighter I come across, the fight itself, training for it, or the walk into the cage? Which, which one's the hardest? Oh, my God. The training camp is so hard. That's what the craziest part is it's like when I see people just like smash on fighters after they lose or smash on them for their performance even if they won like it's like you don't even understand that 15 minutes was nothing or that 25 minutes was nothing like grand scheme of things like that that like the training camp that that went into that like the injuries that you're ignoring like the the days that you got your ass beat the days that you still showed up even though you felt sick or you couldn't like like you were limping, like those days people don't see, they just see that like 15, 20 minute thing in there. And even that walkout, that walkout where it's like, like everyone is huge and everything is loud and those lights are so bright and you're getting in there and they shut that door. And it's like, one of us is leaving here. And yes, it's, it's not life or death, but it feels like it. It feels like if there was nobody in here, if there was no referee, there was no judges, like you guys are going to fight over it over over 
who gets to leave and who walks out or who, who gets carried out on their shield, you know? And, um, it, it starts once it starts, it, it, you just go, you have to go and, and you adapt or you get killed. Yeah. And it's like, I, I, I feel even weird saying this to you because you guys are military and that's a, a real thing for you. Like that's a real, when someone says go, like, that's literal. And, and for me, yes, fighters can get maimed and hurt and killed in there, but it's just not the same. But that is one of the reasons that I have such a connection and feel so much in supporting the military is because it's still a volunteering. Like we all still sign up for that feeling and those moments and, and, and like fighting for something that puts us at a risk, but it is a choice, you know, and, and, and there are some things about it that end up not being something we expected or something that, um, you know, can change your life for the rest of your life. But at the same time, it's, it's like in your soul, like why you're there is because it's, it's you as a being. And like you, like you said, it's probably something that was written for you before you even got here. There is something Um, to it that the, the anticipation of the fight and going through it and then standing proud over something that you fought for. I mean, there's a, that's a, it's a real feeling. What was, uh, what was it like? I'm going to jump ahead. We'll circle back. But I, I mean, what was it like walking down the first UFC fight? I mean, like in the octagon, came on. What was it? You yeah, remember? It, it I was guess crazy. What, is that, like, is that, would that be the one you remember? The, like, that's what I'm talking about. That walk down is where, I mean, I always, I would get more anxiety. Was it the first, first one you always remember? Because everybody else was like, hey, what, what, like, or like I hear. People's like, hey, what, 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 what do you remember most about being overseas? Was it your first gunfight, your last gunfight, the worst gun, that, that kind of thing? For you, well, I mean, was it the first when you're walking down? You're like, oh my, holy shit! Yeah, most I'm memorable. In the, I'm fighting in the UFC right now. Ah, uh, okay, yeah. So, my two fights, I'd say, were most memorable. Yeah, was that first fight walking down into fighting Misha. Uh, I knew no one knew who I was because that was kind of the intention. Like it was a little bit shenanigans going with my career because I wanted to not post videos and not put up stuff of me. So people couldn't train for me, you know, so I could always come in as this like thing that no one could unexpect um, or no one could expect. Um, And, but within that, I knew that like I was winning all these fights. I was beating all these people. I was ranked like there was, like not a ton of knowledge of me and everyone knew who Misha was and she had been world champion and she had fought Rhonda and like, she was the favorite and all of this. And it was just like, I knew I could beat her. Like I, I just knew I could, I knew I could beat all, all these girls. Like there's a chance for all of it. And, um, so that training camp was really hard. That training camp was one of the hardest ones ever because, you know, that was right around the time when my husband really, like we were really having, struggles and he was going through a super hard time and it's just like it was so heavy but this was the opportunity of a lifetime for us like he was my coach um we were having like it's just a hard time to have your coach be your husband you know and and your student be your wife like there's it's it's complicated it's it's weird sure and um, that's probably why they have different titles i mean you kind of got to keep them things separate sometimes I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I, there's no way I could train my wife. I know. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. That's not, yeah. Just just the sound of that is amazing. Go ahead. Uh, so um, anyway, we got there. We got to camp, and I remember sitting in the back and like warming up. And it, there was it was just so like 
relieving to finally be warming up for this fight that had been the last like eight weeks of just hell and it was so hard and um yeah so when Bert I don't know if you guys remember Bert he would come and he'd be like we rolling and he like you could just hear his voice oh, in that yeah, minute yeah. it was like almost time he would uh he came and he got me and we walked out and like it was just it was just finally there. It was just finally time to do it. And there was nothing else to do for preparation for it. I had done all the things. I had checked all the boxes. I, you know, all the miles were run, all the calories or not calories were eaten. Like there was just nothing left to do except go perform. And I knew I was going to do good. Like I knew that I earned it. And I was like, we were going to change things for people. Cause I know nobody wanted to see women in the UFC, not nobody, but there was a very large portion. And so for that, no, you can say that nobody like, wanted we, to see that. That's yeah, that, that's so a real we, thing. I mean, that that be, was made perfectly be, be, clear. Be brutally honest you had in this forum. Brute, yeah, you had to fight your way in there. You don't have to, you don't have to <laughs> yeah. say that. We all know that. Yeah. I mean, that's so, a real thing. <laughs> yeah, and so here here it was again, you know, where I'm like, I have to do a fucking phenomenal job because this has to be why it's cool. Like, this has to be why they're like, oh, you know what? They can't fight. Or that was interesting. Or, you know, like, that was, like there was technique and there was this and that. So it was like, there, there, I know I'm going to do a good job. I, I have to represent, I have to show because this is like what we want. This is what, and I know they want it. They just don't know yet. Like once you guys see it, you're going to love it, but you haven't seen it. So right now it's just weird change and it doesn't make sense. Exactly. And, Cause most wow. of us are trained not you to know? want to see the girls fight or, or that's like a thing. And right, then, and then right. if you do watch it, you know, it's something like, is it entertaining enough watching two guys whip their, you know, beat each other? So once y'all yeah. got in there and proved that and you had, and you got our attention, that's all it took. Just that first. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Exactly. So to walk out and have that like weight on my shoulders was like, it was very heavy, but it was awesome at the same time. Like I remember just looking out and seeing all the people and like the song. I mean, I'd never had to pick a song for a fight. I just thought it was weird. You know, like I just thought picking a song was just the weirdest fucking thing. Cause for me, I'd been fighting forever. I'd been doing sports forever. Like I never had to pick a song to go beat someone's ass, you know, but all of a sudden it was like this important thing to pick a song. And so I had like all these people help me pick because I was overthinking the hell of it. And all the other fights I had had, I just told the um, the promoter to play whatever, you know, and they played like Hollerback Girl. They played like all this stuff. And I was like, oh, okay, whatever. <laughs> but, um, anyway, the okay. Maybe I will on, pick my own like, song. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. I'll pick my own song. <laughs> so then, uh, yeah, the song comes on and I walk out and like, I had said it before, but one of the trippiest parts was looking around and every show I'd ever been in, whether I was the main event or whatever I'd done, like there was empty seats. Like there was people that were in the bathrooms. There was, you know, just places no one had bought out there was you know like their their little tables where they'd had their food and some people weren't there some people were there was no empty seats like there was a person in every seat it was just a consistent like wall of faces and wall of humans and they were all like looking and they were all quiet and like the lights were shining on them and it was just so like real and it was so big I'd never had to walk out in front of what looked like a Super Bowl stadium of faces before. And um, that was like, that was like real pressure. You know, I was like, okay, no, I, now I really, really got to do a good job, you know? So 
I get in there and I just like, I'd seen the, the octagon on TV so many times, but here I am and I can like touch it and I'm not touching it as a fan. I'm not touching it as, you know, someone that's like curious what this, you know, martial arts contraption is like, I'm, I'm in here because I, I'm, I earned it and I'm supposed to be, and this is my office now. And I just wanted to like feel it and touch it and not, not have it be because my face is pressed up against the cage and we're fighting, but because I like, I'm there and I get to touch it. And I just wanted to feel the cage. Um, and it got very quiet, you know, it got very silent, very quiet. And, um, you know, she came out and honestly, it was, I was still stuck in that moment for a while. Like I couldn't, uh, I couldn't turn on the whole beginning of the fight. I was just like, I felt like I was like someone was sitting there with a remote control that like wasn't working. Like only the B button was working and like left or something like nothing, nothing was working. And I was sitting there watching her beat me, even though I knew she wasn't better than me, you know? And I'm like, like any minute now you're going to stop acting like this. Selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to do we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify's the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash audioboom, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash audioboom now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash audioboom. We are actuaries. In a world filled with unpredictability, we use our math skills to navigate uncertainty. Actuaries make a difference in people's lives across industries and the world. Actuaries have the freedom to work anywhere. And according to U.S. News & World Report, we're the 25th top-paying career. Make an impact as a fact-seeker and a truth-teller. Use your math skills for good as an actuary. The world needs you. So how long did it take you to figure that out? Was that after the first couple um, seconds when you were like, oh, was- I got this? No, 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 it, went, it yeah, was yeah. in halfway through the second round. No, I'm saying she I, wouldn't turn. I, I know you wouldn't turn. Round. You didn't. You couldn't turn it on, is what she said. But I mean, in your head, yeah. you're just like, I know I can beat her. I just can't turn it on. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah I was like, oh, so I knew you, that. yeah, yeah. In the beginning, right? You normally can fig- figure yeah. that out pretty. Okay, cool. Yeah, where I'm like, when are you gonna fucking snap out of this? 
And then at the end of the first round, the bell rings and she used my face to get up. Like she put her hand on my face as mm. like to help her get off the ground. There's that trigger. And she was already, she was already beating me too, which was like, you, all right. That's well, all I needed. You know, like, why, <laughs> you're winning right now. Like, why do you have to punk me? You're already winning. But that changed everything. Like, then it just turned into like, I was just kind of ghetto. You right. know? And like a fight um, turned into a fight. <laughs> yeah. You disrespect like, me just, on national it television. Into, <laughs> it just turned into what it needed to be. You know, it was like, I'm, I'm fucking fighting. Who am I to sit here and just be getting my ass beat by this girl that's not better than me? You know, and, and it, that turned it on and it took me a little bit longer. Like I, I ran at her and I just wanted to like hurt her, which, uh, kind of came on a little bit too fast. I, I, I wasn't like fully in my bearings yet, but we got about halfway through that first or, or that second round. And I knew she had given me everything she had. She had wrestled me. She had done jujitsu. Like she had thrown her, her submission attempts on me. She had hit me. She'd done whatever. And she couldn't hurt me. And then. I just like, there was this moment where it was like, it's my turn and I'm done losing. Like, I'm not losing one more second of this fucking fight. Not one. Like these people are not going to watch me take one more blow, any more damage, nothing. Like now, now it's my turn. And the whole rest of the fight, it was just like punishing her and doing whatever I wanted at all times <clears throat> until the end where, I don't know. It was just, it just was time for a barrage, you know? And, and then she got it and she dropped and it was over. and. I was so impressed with us because if, if the beginning of the fight hadn't gone the way it had, <clears throat> sorry, it wouldn't have been so interesting for everyone too, because they got to see everything. They got to see a comeback. They get to see the ground. They get to see the standup. They get to see like people getting out of shit, how bendy we are, like how strong we are, like what our endurance is, like what we can wear as far as like damage. And it went almost all the way to the, third round before she before I finished her and then like everyone got to see everything and we got fight of the night all of the fights that night there were great fights that night there was I don't even remember but out of all of the fights not only we it was at the first mom you know in there which people didn't really know much about me we I got the first TKO which I think I don't know what people thought they were going to expect, but to have that and the blood and the hair and the blah, 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 like that's kind of <laughs> bad. crazy, right? The fight. That's and then, good. And then we got, not only were we like still being barely welcomed into the UFC, but we just showed all y'all that we were the best fight out of every fucking fight this night. And everyone agreed. And I loved it. Like that, that felt so good. Even though I was getting my ass beat for a while and it, it it all felt like part of it. It felt like it felt like what everybody needed to see in order for it to be what it is now, you know, and to be believed in. And it, and we earned it. Oh, well, you know, it, it went wasn't, from it Dana White given. say, yeah, there'll never be women in the UFC to to title cards. I mean, yeah, main, main card. Yeah, there you go. Way to break the door down again. <laughs> Leading the charge. God damn, that's so awesome. <laughs> so please, I mean, go ahead. So yeah. Because we went, we transit. We had uh, a couple, more, like two handful more fights at UFC, and then you're a Bellator now, right? Yeah. That's the thing is, I mean, we're still fighting. This is still ongoing. This is, I mean, this isn't something that stopped. I, I, yeah. It's a growing thing.
selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to do we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify's the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash audioboom, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash audioboom now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash audioboom. Before Shopify, were you wondering, where are my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen. Well, being over at Bellator now is like, Ah, it's just so awesome. Like they, I, the last couple years with the UFC, like they're, they're great. Like it definitely feels like there's some changes and some internal stuff that just is like, I don't know. It just doesn't add up. And like the amount of money that we're all making and, and like the ask of you as an athlete, um, especially an athlete at that level, like to still be kind of like struggling for money when you're one of the top five in the world at any professional sport is like, that's, that's tough. You know, it's, it's a hard thing, especially when, you know, a lot of the injuries that can happen in your sport, like you still got to pay for. And if you're only making like $30,000 a fight and your medical bills are 20, like, and then camp costs what it costs, which if you consider gas to get to all your practices, like you have a percentage to pay to coaches, you have a percentage to pay to management. Um, you have to eat super clean and healthy, which is a massive grocery bill. Um, Childcare, if you're anybody like me, when you need somebody to watch your kids so you can go to your practices and you can go to your tournaments and, and you can um, show up for the public or the, the media stuff and whatever, like camp costs a lot. And uh, one of the things that was like being tricky for me was just making that all worth it. Um, I always wanted to continue fighting. Like I, I, I hated being sidelined. I hated having any kind of injury, but it was like, the risk to go in injured or something off with you was, was this complicated risk because if, if that thing ends up being why you lost, then you didn't make your win money. And then worse of all of it, like, of course it's like, 
I'm making this about money at this moment, but like, like fuck losing in MMA, like fuck losing in a fight, especially when you have the mindset that I have where it's like, man, you just took my home. You just took my food. You just took my, like, you can get past me now. Like everyone that's behind me, everyone that I feel like I protect is vulnerable now. Cause I lost, you know, like those, those prideful things are yeah, like that, that, hard when you that, go out That's there. well said. That, that's deep. Too. That's the hardest I, thing I about exactly being a what you're saying about being a prize fighter. I mean, it's a job right. and, and the reputation that goes with just being the, the, the fighter. And if you climb your your way all up the ranks, I hey, mean, Kat, let, let me ask you this question too, because a lot of our listeners out there, they some of them have been in the situations whether or not it's a professional fight or just a fight in general. Like I've I've, I've had my ass kicked in the street, and it just it I could probably honestly say it probably still bothers me because mm-hmm. I don't like to lose either. How um how do you mentally focus, and how are you able to rebound after 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 losses and come back even stronger. I mean, do you have, you, you're very articulate in your mindset and I, I applaud that. You're very well spoken. And I think that you could offer something up to our, to everybody that's listening. Like, how do I rebound? How do you, how does cat rebound from a loss or like all the adversity? That yeah, you what advice? Give, give somebody, how do you deal with that? I mean, I think just knowing like this can't be how it ends, you know, like for me, I like when, I know something is off or I know something is wrong. I know my performance was this way or that way because of this reason, not excuses. Like there's a huge difference between excuses and reasons. Like, and I'm not offering up any of them as to why some days it's somebody was just better than you or they, they had it that night and you didn't, or it's just the the luck of the day, you know? Um, And like using it as, as information and not making it your enemy. Like I lost today. I, like I'm sad, I'm bummed. Like I'm still, I'm still like vengeful for my losses. Not because I'm like have anything against these girls, but because I want to try again. Like I want to see what would happen now that I know what I didn't know before we went in against each other. You know, and and like, like problem solving it. Like I want to see. I, I need it to end differently. Like I can't, like have showed up to this thing. You know, didn't perform, didn't wake up, didn't do whatever, and like consider that me you know, like that happened that way for whatever reason. And I'm supposed to take something from it and, and change what I do moving forward. Um, it, it really just feels like I I just, I I accept it. Like I accept these losses, but I also want to know what else I can change to change it. What can I do to make myself a, like a different version of that person that maybe wouldn't have lost. And, and if I do get another chance, at something like this, like, will I have taken all the steps? Will I like replace what happened and what went wrong? And then like, I want to know that. And I want to do that. And it's all information. You know, it's, it's all, they say it's like you, you win or you learn or whatever. And I like, it's a cool cliche, but it is very, it is very real. As long as you can like put things behind you and take what you need and leave what you don't. Well, that's the only way you'll change. That's the only way you need to work on something. If some, if it gets pointed out, and we we consider it a loss, but it's not. It's just like okay, this is that. That's your standard test where you're at, and then you you can push past mm-hmm. it. And the only way to do that is that way. Did you do you think you learned at a young age through through wrestling and through the other sports that because you said it, and I and I I think a lot of people don't don't ever come to that realization that I'm going to lose, I will fail. 
Absolutely. No matter how good I am, somebody's going to beat my ass. No matter how smart I am, I'm going to mess something up. But that's okay. Yeah. Well, and especially on your way up from beginning at anything. Like, would you guys rather try and fail and like get the chance to try again and try again and try again or always just sit there and wonder what something's like? You know, what is it like to be good at this? What is it like to even like how many times you got to to suck at something, you know, before you're good at it? Like I'm I'm imagining you guys are good at guns, right? You're good at shooting, you're good at your um I know there's cooler words than hitting your target and and target practice and stuff like that, but I'm sure you didn't get that right from the first time you pulled the trigger. Like you had to, you had to find your aim. You had to find your stance. You had to find the way that you breathe. Right. Like, and the, your, is your chin up? Is your chin down? Are your shoulders square? Are your feet, you know, like, how do you know, unless you do it a bunch of times until you find out who you are and how you stand and how it works for you. Our, our community, we're kind of trained up a little different. We actually fail every time we do it up until the point that we pass it. And then, then it all came together. So there's no reward for us. It's just like, man, you, what are you talking about? No, it wasn't good. Keep going. And then if you yeah. encounter something and it's, it's not a point, it's like, I, I, I made my move, they made theirs, and, and that was the right one at the time. It didn't have anything to do with me not being negligent on my training or anything like that. And, and that's kind of how they train our minds to, to handle the things that we do. We, we just go in there to, to, to go. I, I think one of the biggest takeaways that I've taken away from our conversation right now and what I hope everybody that's listening has is you always took the next step. I can't imagine walking into that gym, everybody on there wrestling. Even I would have been like our first time we stepped into, into our in our martial arts class, I was I was a little nervous. I was like, man, these there's a lot of people in here. They've been here a while, they know what they're doing. I don't want to get in there and embarrass myself. Where you were like, fuck it. This where I belong, and that's inevitably what we said. But I think a lot of people meet that walking; they, they they're greeted with that threshold. They never take the next step. And um, I applaud you for doing that. That's that's the that's the switch. That's the spice of life. That's what makes it great. Is stepping into that unknown. Is that would that but be so some advice? No, it is still it is very uncomfortable. Like it is still uncomfortable for me to walk into a gym where I know nobody knows me or what to expect from me, and that it's weird. That I'm there. And you're a world champion that saying that. Have to <laughs> and you're a world champion saying that. So everybody listen like, hey, hey, listen up. I don't think it ever goes away, right? It shouldn't. Not if you're no. truly a fighter. Yeah, it doesn't. That, no matter how high you climb or how many fights you get in, it's the same thing. And that's how, that's the hunger. That's That keeps you sharp. The minute you lose that, you're like, oh, I got No. Mm-mm. Then that, that's the difference. Like when you walk into a fight, when you went in there to fight, and then there's, there's being a champ and sitting in there and a fight comes to you or – if you're there for a while, then someone brings you one when you're not expecting it. And those, you know, as you go through life, it's, it's those people like, Hey, like, I don't like starting fights, but I will go down anytime you want and keep chasing that. Yeah. Well, and I think just even knowing every single time, even when it's weird going in, even when I don't feel like going, like even like whatever, like I'm always happy walking out. I'm always like, damn, I'm so glad I went. I'm so glad I went. Or, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm Thank so God I did it. I'm so glad. Yeah. So glad I did yeah. that. I've been, Mm-hmm. How's um? I'm gonna switch gears on you again. How um? I, I I just in my mind seeing seeing the pictures of Braden. I, I can't imagine he he's gonna be. We'll be watching him in the UFC one day. I would imagine. Or does he? Is he taken to it? Or is he kind of like, nah, I'm, I'm not gonna do this. He like dabbles with it. The thing is, is he's so naturally good at it. And I mean, naturally, I guess 
I mean, we've been playing rough his whole life. You know, I, I am, uh, I'm like grace to have such a like rough and tumble boy that, that we get to, I mean, he, he's done Muay Thai, he's done wrestling, he's done um, jujitsu and he's really good at all of them. He doesn't like, he, he, I like for him to ask me for him to do it. So it's not something that I make mine and a pressure on him because I think there is a little bit of like, I just do remember sports being so important to me and my dad, but it sometimes being like a little pressure from him that almost like made it harder for me to like focus and compete. Yeah. Know? I was going to ask you that. That's a thing, yeah. right? You push too hard yeah. and, and push my away from And then they hate it. And right. then it's weird. And, you know, so I'm like, I just want him to come to me with it. And this year he wants to do kickboxing and he's been doing kickboxing every weekend. Um, and, he's doing strength and conditioning, which he also asked me to do. And, um, I put him in these things and then I kind of like take my hands off and I'm like, so what did you think? And it's so hard for me to bite my tongue with the wrestling or with the like different, you know, like things that I know because I fucking did them, but, and we're built the same. Your mommy, you have carte blanche. You drop in there anytime you want. Cause our mother can out shoot us. And when oh, she gets man. on the range, she's like, look, oh, I don't want, Hey, man, she hey, talks hey. more crap to us than any other human even dares. <laughs> My mother will talk down to us. It's, it's, not it's, even embarrassing. Funny. it's embarrassing sometimes. <laughs> so you have that right. Tune his ass up. Did, um, if I'm not mistaken, you guys lived you guys lived in Thailand for a little while, yeah? Um, we took a hiatus because um it it was too much. Like it was too much and we moved to Cal or we were where were we? We were in Colorado still at the time. But um anniversaries and things were coming up and like I felt super alone in my parenting and I was just like like Thailand is very medicinal. Like it's, it's a Buddhist country. Everybody's smiling. Like the food is really clean and good. Like, um, the, the sweat out there is different. Like for you to go to like kickboxing there, jujitsu there, you're in this like puddle and it's gross, but for some reason it's the best thing in the world. And, um, I just needed new in an atmosphere. And so I, I, I was I was having a tough time and I have a friend out there a couple of friends out there that I just I was like here take my credit card get us out there and I arranged everything for my son's school for him to be able to go to where we had a tutor thing going and they gave all his assignments and we were there for a couple months um just trying to regroup and just trying to like get my head back on straight and and use it as a resource to like pull my shit together because I, as I, I was still managing it, like I look at it and I'm like, how the hell did I even do that? Because I was, I was struggling, but like, it was just, what do I have as a resource? What can I do like towards feeling better? Cause I didn't, I didn't know what to do. And I knew people that were smarter than me. And I, I knew people that did have their shit on straight for the moment and i'm like can you help me figure out what to do with me right you're, now? you're so you're kid. so grounded you i mean you, <laughs> it's extremely grounded. your neck when you write your next book i want it to be called grounded and i want you to explain to everybody <laughs> how i mean if you know share your if you will just walk everybody through how you went from where to a to b to c to d to where you are today you got a glow about you right now. I, I yeah, don't know how that, you're doing actually, i mean that's not well, gonna you're leave not talking you. to us but I, like it's, it's uncomfortable in the sense that man you're a fighter 
fighters live in that uncomfortable world. No matter how much you get in the houses and all that and everything that comes with it, it's still going to be uncomfortable there because there's a fight around the corner. And it, it, it's kind of funny because we get along in age and you, you kind of get more experience, you kind of start complaining about it. But I mean, that's just kind of how it is. I mean, we're in if that, that's our world. And then you, you, you know, when you realize that, you push back, and then that's how you became a champion. I mean, you're you're a fighter. Can't take that away from you ever. What's mm-hmm. uh, what's 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 next besides coming out here hanging out with us? <laughs> <laughs> this is awesome. As long as you know where to get the good barbecue. That's right. <laughs> Best. Oh, we got that covered. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, I just signed over with Bellator and like they're taking such good care of me. They're taking such good care of like all these fighters and they, you know, I don't know. They're, they're such a heavy competition with the UFC right now. And like, I'm so grateful for my experience and for the promotion and like everything that I got out of UFC. But when the opportunity came up for me to make these changes that were better for me and my health and my kid and, and our financial situation and um all of that this last year like I I just wanted to take it I wanted to see what I could do with it and um I'm over here and I'm stunned daily by the way they treat everybody and like how they want to just take care of you and make sure that you feel respected as a martial artist and as a fighter and um yeah so I had my first fight with them in September it was a nice welcoming um I was nervous as fuck for that fight it was so weird to get ready for during quarantine yeah lockdown, um, right, yeah. because you only get like a couple training partners and like if you're lucky that person your your training partners are somehow able to simulate your opponent but like there was none of that they were nobody was similar um you only get a couple people to train with like everything has to be very private and sanitary and which you think sounds easy but when everybody's touching each other and breathing on each other and and all of that, it's a, it's, it's a little fear yeah, in the back it. of your head at all times if you're going to get this thing. Because if you show up and you have COVID, you don't get to compete and you don't get paid. And so your training camp and everything that went into it will be for nothing. So, and camp is so different. You don't get to go to these classes. Everything is like quiet and on your own. And it's very, it's a lot less social, which. Oh, hell, next time tell them, look, look I, get, I, got, I caught the COVID just to make my camp hard. All right. <laughs> hey, it probably helped you cut weight. Yeah. I had to drop some weight, hey, made I, it sucker hard. I caught I, the COVID. I tell you what, I, I had COVID and I gained weight, and it really wasn't that big of a deal. So, anyway, I, I digress. Well, COVID nineteen. If, if I couldn't taste food, it would probably help with the weight cut. Because really, what's the point? Hey, of living? I, I'm glad you said that <laughs> because I was I was reading through um, through your book about nutrition and whatnot. You're you look amazing. Is that it's because well, uh, right, look, I'm at a point in my life right now. It's like I'm not gonna diet. I like to eat the way I eat. I'm a country boy. I eat country, so I just figured I was gonna out, you know, outwork it and start running a little bit further. But is is diet the secret? Don't please say no. Just lie to me. Tell me I'm awesome. No, there you no, go. All right, Wayne, right there. It's great important. to have you on. <laughs> <laughs> diet, diet has nothing so to do with important. it. <laughs> I have to think about diet before I go. So obviously losing fight and getting like all losing weight and getting all leaned up for fights is like, I'm getting paid for that. Like I have to do that. I have, that's part of my paycheck is making sure I make weight. I'm not going to like disrespect my opponent by being heavy either. But, um, one thing that helps with it is like what I eat because I do love to eat. Like I'm such a foodie and I like part, I'm not, 
I, I'm not too proud to admit like half the reason I work as hard as I eat I work is because I do like to eat and I like to be able to eat whatever but also still have like I still need to stay within a range of health to be able to do my job and uh I also know if I eat or drink too much and then I have practice the next day somebody's probably beating my ass the next day because if I'm tired or lethargic or like hungover or too much sugar and like my joints hurt or whatever like I'm gonna pay for that in a different way you know I'm gonna I'm gonna be tired or I'm not gonna have a gas tank or I'm not gonna do whatever and like those feelings from things like that those those haunt me those don't get to like go away when you go home after a training session that someone beat your ass because you're all inflammation from like too much gluten and sugar and blah 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 like and you know that probably wouldn't have gone that way if you maybe ate some like salad and vegetables and meat and whatever the night before, like that is, that's humbling. I got big country style. I mean, <laughs> I, you never know what I'll do in a row. I throw up on you, you know, just to tell it what I ate down in there. But yeah, no, that's. <laughs> is a throw up a tap? If I made you throw up, does that mean you tap? Or do we just keep going? We got to keep going. going. Like, you go and fight, man. What's that's this guy a, been eating? Yeah, that's, a te- know, that's a technique we patented back down here. I woke here up this south. morning, know where I was at. You're lucky it won't come out the other end. Smell weird. Let's do this. Yeah, when y'all rest around, you eat clean, you smell clean when you're in there, right? It's just that that's I, I, that's the best way to say that, though. It's about the fuel you throw in your tank, and sometimes we don't like running. Look at this guy right here. What's up? Hey, but is that hey? You have a Belgium or is that a German? No, it's a Belgian. Yeah, I saw him when he's a puppy on your Instagram yeah. page. He getting big. Yeah, so that 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 fuel, man, that's that's important. That's the best way to say it, is like just do it because your your tank run, you know, your engine runs better. That when guy you're right there is another full time job. The, the Malinois? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, those are our dogs we use in the service. I mean, those guys, jeez, Louise. Yeah. Good on you for owning one of those. I tell people when they ask me, it's like, should I get a Belgium? I was like, no, that is not a dog. It's a machine, and you aren't ready for well, it. Well, they don't. And they don't come pre-programmed. I think that's why people get them is they see them from the movies and they're like, oh, this dog is going to do all this shit. It's like, do you know how much training oh, goes yeah. into these dogs yeah. being that way? And if you don't do the training, they're going to run you over. Those things are wired on 220. Like, I mean, yeah. it's just nothing but like, that's an Energizer Bunny on steroids. It's unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> so, how can people tell yeah. us? Yeah, wrap this up. How can people follow you, find you, and and um, keep up with your career? So, I am on Instagram. I'm Alpha Cat Zingano on Instagram. Um, I also have a Facebook that's Cat Zingano MMA Fighter, and a Twitter that is Alpha Cat Zingano. Also, I believe. Uh, um, I'm gonna start following you. Follow me back. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll make sure we put that out. And uh, when do you when do you, do you have a fight coming up? What's next? Um. Oh yeah. Okay. So I think I asked for the end of February. Uh, I'm not really sure because all of the gyms are being weird around here right now. So I'm not like I I asked for that, and I know I'm going out to Connecticut uh, next week to talk to them about it. Um. So that's the hope. That's what I'm gonna like. Uh think it's gonna happen i've been training and getting ready so i, I think that's i think that's probably right, the deal well, so, the gyms have been hit hard for from covid mma gyms especially right i mean uh, not essential yeah mm-hmm. not essential in, in the in our work. in the fight world is everyone how's everyone holding up i know everyone's fighters but this is a tough spot for them i can imagine yeah, so. the biggest concern is like everyone has to get their training in and to get covid like a lot of times people don't know they have it or like they 
don't have symptoms or, or, or they're just spreading it. And I know there's a few gyms out here that it's like run rampant through and gone through and it's not there anymore because everybody got it. Sure. Yeah. Um, there's also like places where it's just starting to trickle in and then, you know, they're being real responsible with stuff, but people are getting sick of not moving. Like they need that outlet. And, and so it's kind of like a risky thing. Um, the problem is that I'm scared of is that I know, like, I know people that it's hit that literally it did nothing. It just, you know, they felt fluish for a couple of days and, and then it was gone and they were able to go back to life as soon as they were done quarantining. And then I also know people that have like this residual lung damage that like, it's, you know, been October since they got it and they can't run yet. They can only lift heavy and they can walk on a treadmill. Yeah. And like, so those are the parts that scary with going back to training is it's like, okay, am I going to be someone that can get it? And it just flies through and I'm good. And, you know, as long as I go home and I don't be around anybody that could maybe not do as well with it because of me giving it to them, like I'm not, I'm not willing to hurt anyone else, but, um, or am I going to be the person that like, if I get it, I, I won't be able to train again, or I won't be able to fight again because my lungs don't recover. Like it's such a, unknown and trying to find the middle ground and know what I think and know what I don't think, you know? And so it's, it's a, all right. Try thinking this, no matter if it's a bacteria or the most apex predator on this planet, if it walks into a room with each other, it understands who's top of the food chain. And if something's looking for a fight, usually something else won't jump on it, including a virus. Like if you're fired up and the people who are in shape trained <laughs> to fight, and that's why I don't get hit that hard. If you're walking around scared to death, things since that that's the prey oh. and they'll and, and and things will jump on it that's how it happens i mean you can kind of feel that and when you're people who are out there man don't be afraid even if it gets on yeah. you i mean you just kind of fight you're a fighter and you, you don't don't worry about that stuff we do everything we oh can to mitigate it but in reality your your job is to fight even if you got that mojo and i would joke around like man we traveled around the country trying to find that thing just so we can catch it and whip its ass <laughs> he got a chance to fight it i didn't yeah you know what I mean? And, no. I, 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 that's why we think. And we don't want to give it to anybody else, but don't it for one second be worried about something jumping on you. you you're expecting yeah. it. <laughs> you know what? You're right. You're right, though, because when I do think about the people that got it and got real bad, they were the ones being the most careful. They were the ones and like scared. It's, it's, it's sheer, home it's and sheer being numbers. Everybody's gonna, everybody is going to get it. It's statistics. Oof. It's just sheer statistics right now. We I would be willing to bet if you don't have any underlying conditions, you're going to be just fine. And let me tell you something about a quarantine. If you see the people on the news wearing bubble suits, then it's a quarantine. There won't be people going out to dinner. There won't be none of that. None of this half-ass, half-in and out kind of stuff. No, they got to do it. Huh? If we're all mopped up wearing those bubble suits, then we have a problem. Mm. I mean, there's always yeah. that's there's, our opinion down here at the yeah, ranch. That's but, what a quarantine yeah. means for us. Other than that, we, we yeah. can deal with it. Meaning, it's a problem that we can handle amongst ourselves. Just be logical, be safe, uh, and so the next time you have a fight and they allow fans in the stands, if you see two crazy identical twins standing there yelling your name, telling <laughs> we would sign and say we love you, that's us. Perfect. We won't be hard to miss. Perfect. Hey, real quick. Uh, well, I want to tell you guys real quick about this like fundraising that I'm doing. And oh it's yeah, 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 yeah. So it's called Shelter to Soldier. I don't know if you've heard of it, but it is a company that um, they rescue, they take a rescue dog, a shelter dog, and they train it up 
as a service dog to be paired with a PTSD veteran or a wounded veteran. Saw that on and, the news um, or something. So I have been working with them and raising money to buy this dog because to get the dog is about fifteen thousand dollars. Well, to get the dog from the shelter, I don't know, seventy bucks or whatever to get it neutered and and whatever. But um, it takes about fifteen thousand dollars to get it all trained up to be an actual service dog, service dog, and like matched with the needs and everything that needs to go with working with these veterans. And so I have been doing what I can to like raise money for that. I've been selling cameo videos. I did uh, some shirt sales and things like that. Um, those are the cameo thing is still going. The shirts are done, but um, it's just something that I think would be really cool for all of us to do together. Because we get to pick this dog, we get to name this dog, we get to pick the veteran and like have hopefully multiple times of this happening where you can save both this person and this this rescue animal and put them together and like so they can thrive. But this will be the first one and it's something that I'm doing now to try to just help out. And uh, it's called Shelter to Soldier and there's a link on my link tree on my Instagram Um Oh, we'll we'll there, post it up for you. Over t- yeah, absolutely. We got a whole file on you, girl. Look at that. It says classified and everything. <laughs> Welcome to the team. <laughs> wow. Well, it's a big deal to me, and I'm really looking forward to it working out for somebody and for an animal, and uh, I just wanted to throw it out there. Absolutely. Yeah, we'll be sure to promote it. We sure will. Hey, guys, thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the show. We are so excited that you guys hang out with us every single Wednesday, and it is so much fun to interview these people. And listen, if Cat's show spoke to you today, if you really enjoyed the message she had, please consider sharing this episode with a friend. Make sure you subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. That's where we're at. Hey, make sure if you're not already, join us on Patreon, patreon.com slash teamneverquit. That's where you can get exclusive access to the show. Make sure you leave us a review, share the episode with a friend. Thank you, guys. Hey, we've got some great guests in store for 2021. I can't even drop some of the names yet, but some of the ones that uh, we're going to have, you're not going to want to miss. And that's why you've got to subscribe to the show. We can't wait. Hey, also, we're on YouTube now. If you didn't know that, we are dropping every episode every Wednesday on YouTube. Make sure to check that out. Hey, guys, we'll see you next week. Selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to do we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify's the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. 
Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash audioboom, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash audioboom now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash audioboom. We are actuaries. In a world filled with unpredictability, we use our math skills to navigate uncertainty. Actuaries make a difference in people's lives across industries and the world. Actuaries have the freedom to work anywhere. And according to U.S. News & World Report, we're the 25th top-paying career. Make an impact as a fact-seeker and a truth-teller. Use your math skills for good as an actuary. The world needs you.